Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Taking Care of Business with Dan Trottencheck podcast. Uh, uh, it seems like we've been away for a little bit uh, with the 4th of July holiday and all, but we are glad to be back and we are glad to be continuing our series of interviews with the Young Retailer of the Year award winners. Uh, what a great way to kind of get back into the swing of the, uh, uh, call them quote unquote, normal versions of the podcast, uh, than to really talk to some of these award winners and kind of hear their uplifting stories. And we got a good one uh, today. Uh, today we're talking to Lindsay Rodermacher. Uh, she is the general manager of the Ag Partners Town and Country. Uh, store in Minnesota, and she's one of the winners for the over two million category. And and she's got a, uh, it, it's one of these unique kind of paths to the industry stories, um, where she has really kind of taken a whole different knowledge set and and has applied it to the retail operation she works with, and and really done a lot of uh, uh, amazing things at growing that business. And you know our ability to honor this next generation of retailers uh, for the industry and our ability to do these podcasts and, and feature the retailers in the magazine and present them with awards and really shine the spotlight on them um, uh, is really something we could not do without the support of our sponsors. So we always like to recognize the companies that are sponsoring the Young Retailer of the Year Awards. And, and I will say that it's interesting, knowing all of the companies and you guys I know know these companies as well because they're some of the leading companies in the industries but but the interesting part is they don't just look at this young retailer uh, sponsorship as just kind of like oh let's let's buy a you know buy an ad in the magazine or, or something like that they really are part of this program and really believe in what the program is trying to accomplish at kind of advancing the next generation of, of retailers. And, and so I always like to say this, when, when you see the names of the sponsors and you hear the names of the sponsors, I want you guys to remember those, particularly as we're going into kind of the fall market season, virtual market season, but because these are the companies that take that step forward. And, they, and when we ask who wants to set, uh, 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 support and celebrate the independent retail Retailer uh, segment of the home improvement industries. These are the companies that constantly step up and do that. So when you're looking at your marketing plans of what you want to have in your stores and the companies that you want to partner with, I just want you to take a moment to pay a little special attention to these companies because they are stepping up for the independent channel. And, and uh, those companies that are our sponsors this year, and we've had great sponsors throughout the program, but, but what's also interesting is every year when we look for sponsors, we have companies that are sticking their hands up high and say, we want to do it, we want to do it. And that's exciting for any of you guys who ever try and sell anything like sponsorships. You know that sometimes it can be it can be difficult to find that, but these companies are always eager to sponsor this program. And this year's sponsors, just to recognize all of them, are Aero Fastener, Epicor, Fluid Master, Intertape Polymer Group, Midwest Fastener, MyTech, and Pony Jorgensen. And like I said. You guys know these companies because because they're amongst the, uh, the the most recognizable companies in the industry, and and one of those companies, each one of these podcasts, we're talking to individuals from those companies who can tell us a little bit about why these awards and why this channel is so important to them. And today, our guest is Gary Duboff, who's the president and CEO of Aero Fastener, who's joining us. Gary, welcome to the program. And how are you? Nice to be here. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm doing great and, and, and certainly happy to have you here. Um, you know, I always kind of ask in this interview segment to tell us a little bit about the company and your role in the industry. But Aerofastener is kind of one of those companies that, man, if you're in hardware, you know Aerofastener, you know the T50 state. I mean, it's, 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 it's something that if you don't know, I'd kind of shake you and say, why don't you know this company? But, but let's go ahead and do that. Why don't you tell us about Aerofastener and kind of what you guys do in the industry? Yeah, we've. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think um, the independent hardware retailers really do know who Arrow is. But um, just for the record, we've got quite a long history, and I'd like to believe quite a significant legacy uh, in hardware. The company was actually founded back in 1929 by a gentleman by the name of Morris Abrams. And the rest, um, I won't go through the long history of, of Morris and why he founded the company, but um, the truth of the matter is, Everybody does pretty much know us for the T50 staple gun, although I would like to think that we're, we're much more than that as well. We're really involved in several different categories. Arrow itself is involved in uh, stapling, of course, and we're very proud of the fact that um, we make the T50 and the HT50, the two most iconic uh, staple gun and hammer tacker right here in the United States. In fact, we make it right here in New Jersey. And we also make all of our staples right here in New Jersey. So we're really proud of the fact that we're, uh, we're USA made. And there are two other uh, categories that we're involved in as well. One is gluing. We have uh, glue guns and glue sticks. And then the third category is riveting. And we, uh, we're involved in rivets and, and rivet tools. Yeah, and that's always important to point out because I even started out saying, well, you're iconic for this single product, but, right. but your product lines certainly go beyond that. You know, you, you make products here in the U.S. Um, you obviously uh, look at the independent retailing channel as a big part of, of, of what you guys do. Tell us a little bit about why it is. Why is the independent channel so important to Aerofastener? Well, there's really a couple of different reasons. I mean, we're, we, we seem, we feel like we're, there are a lot of similarities between independent hardware and actually our company as well. And, you know, there's a, there's a new, uh, I, I forget actually how you framed it in the beginning, but there's a new generation that's coming into independent hardware that's bringing a ton of innovation into the industry. And that's a little bit, uh, actually, very similar to what Arrow's done. Arrow was family-owned for years, for decades, not years and years, but decades. And uh, there's been uh, a resurgence here. There's a new management team uh, like 10 years ago. And uh, we've brought a tremendous amount of innovation as well into what we're doing. And we think it's, uh, it's, it's extremely, what's the right word? I, I can't think of it, but we're, we're thrilled to work with uh, people who look at the these categories and think, how can I innovate and what can I do to drive to drive sales even further? It's been uh, it's been exciting. Well, and and innovation, whether you're in manufacturing in this channel or you're retail in this channel, I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of a trite thing to say now, but innovation. If you don't innovate, you're you're going to fade away, whether you're a manufacturer, a distributor, or a retailer. So yeah. so it's certainly what you guys are doing at Arrow and and the evolution of an industry is so dependent upon that next generation. And I know you guys were really kind of eager when, when, when some opportunities opened up to say, Hey, how do we get behind this young retailer of the year program? Why, why is, why, why specifically is supporting young retailers in this industry so important? 
you know, there there's so much of our cat so much of our categories are sold through independent retail. Yeah. So and I know people like to talk about, you know, the the big boxes, et cetera. And big boxes play a huge role in the industry. But but so does the independent retailer. And you know, we're we grew up in that industry. You know, there was we've been in business since 19, as I said, since 1929, there was no depot. There were no, you know, low stores. These guys have, uh, they're really the ones who have helped us get to where we are today. And I think we feel a tremendous sense of loyalty to them and, and we want to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What, you know, everybody's been talking about, it. we've been talking about it. Um, you know, what's going on with COVID d certainly deservedly so, but it's also important to point out that, that, business goes on uh, you know hardware still stores are still open in fact they're having record years innovation yeah. is still important innovation doesn't stop because um uh, of what we're all dealing with what are you guys having going on at arrow that, that you think would be important to to let the industry know about what are you guys doing you know just as business goes yeah well i will tell you right um business does go on and we've been open since day one uh we were never closed Okay. But I will tell you, it's been a tremendous challenge. I, I'm not going to lie there. I don't know if people realize, but we are located in northern New Jersey, which is like 10 miles from New York City. I mean, we are right in the epicenter of the COVID-19 situation. So it's been quite a challenge in the beginning, uh, particularly because it's been tough to get people uh, to come back to work. Uh, one, either they're fear fearful or two, in the you know, initially they... Uh, we're caring for people who had COVID or they had COVID themselves or they had children in school and schools are closed so they couldn't come back to work. And you're right, sales have been, uh, to be quite frank, uh, one of the best years we've seen. Right. So, you know, we, we at one time had absenteeism of like 50%, but we hung in there. We, uh, the operations team here, I think, did an amazing job. We're, we're getting orders out. We're We've we shipped more this year already than we did last year, even in spite of the fact that we had uh, a real labor problem. But it's getting better and better. I have to say that it's we're pretty much back to almost full employment, right. and we we look forward in the back half of the year to really um, to giving people exactly what they want and what they need. Fantastic, um, uh, Gary. Real quick, uh, again, we we appreciate your support. I know the retailers appreciate your support. Um, how could someone learn more about what Arrow Fastener is doing or, or if, if maybe they're not doing business with Arrow right now, what's the best way for them to learn a little bit more about Arrow? Yeah, we have a great website. The best okay. place for them to go is right to our website and it's www.arrowfastener.com and you will see uh, an enormous amount of information. We've got videos on there, how-to videos that people can use. Uh, it's, it's been a great resource for all of our, not just our retailers, but our consumers as well. Fantastic. Again, Gary, thank you for your sponsorship and your support of the industry. And thank you for being a guest on the program today. And all the best as, as everything keeps on trucking and you guys get, get ramped up for the back half of the year. Again, we appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And we will be back in just a few seconds with our uh, discussion with Lindsay Rodermacher from Ag Partners. So stay, uh, stay tuned. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging in there. We are back with today's Young Retailer of the Year guest on our program. And as I said, uh, it's a real interesting story is, uh, 
uh, because uh, our, our guest is one of those many young leaders that kind of took an interesting path to get into the industry. But then when they got into the industry, they really hit the ground running and, uh, and, and found ways to kind of apply uh, the things that they had done and the interests and pursuits they had outside the industry into what they're doing to make their businesses even that much more successful. And today we're talking to Lindsay Rademacher, and she is general manager with Ag Partners Town and Country in Minnesota, and she is one of our winners of the Young Retail of the Year Award for the over $2 million a year in sales category. Lindsay, welcome to the program. Uh, glad to have you on today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do with Ag Partners and a little bit about the operation overall? Hi, thanks, Dan. So I run a 15,000 square foot hardware store out of Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Um, like you'd mentioned, I'm part of Egg Partners Co-op, um, where our main location is in Goodhue, Minnesota. But I just run the one location in Belle Plaine. Um, Whereabouts in the state is Belle Plaine? So we're probably about an hour south of the Twin Cities. Okay. Um, right between the Twin Cities and Mankato, if you think of a straight line. Okay. Um, so we're about a 7,000, uh, the population in our town is about 7,000. Um, but if you looked at our population about 20 years ago, it was only about 4,000. So we're a growing suburb of the Twin Cities. Okay. And, and is, tell us a little bit about your customer base. I, 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 the name would suggest that you're dealing with kind of an agricultural uh, sort of uh, product mix and customer base. Is that the same? Is that the case? Or is it kind of evolving to be more of kind of just like a suburban location? It's definitely evolving. So being the farmer's co-op, um, when we created this store in Belle Plaine in 2003, it was very focused on um, livestock producers and hobby farm owners. But as our, our population continues to grow, we continue to evolve with the, the town and we are more of a consumer store. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and right now, so you manage the store, so you, 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 you're wearing a lot of hats on any given day from, from I'd imagine, covering, it, <laughs> covering up for uh, making sure you get the registers covered to getting stock put in the store to ordering stock and figuring out what your customers want. Is it, 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 uh, is it pretty much a multifaceted job for you then? Definitely. Definitely. So we run a staff of about 14, four of which are full-time. Um, and we do have some seasonal staff to help with our greenhouse area. But yeah, my position goes everywhere from putting the inventory on the shelves to just making sure I say my goal is just to make sure that my store can function, even if I'm not yeah. there. <laughs> By making sure the store can function without you. Isn't that a goal? That, I mean, that's interesting. Most people who run a retail business maybe don't think of it that way. But that's actually what they're trying to do is how do I make myself more obsolete? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Talking a little bit, we always like to ask the young retailers about your path to the industry. Now, you kind of have an interesting background that, that you actually have a degree in animal science. So, so how did how did you know talking to you as a senior in college or a junior in college and you're majoring in animal science? How did that lead you to your current job? Although in the ag sector, I'd imagine there is certainly kind of a crossover. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess. I never, I, I can say that I never pictured myself working in a hardware store. I mean, when I, if you asked me as a college senior, I wanted to go run a big horse barn. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was the dream. Um, but 
what was interesting is I didn't realize how my degree had so much crossover into the into the industry. So when I was originally hired in the co-op, um, I was hired to go sell horse feed. Oh, okay. To work in the store as a cashier, but be able to answer those horse feed questions. Okay. And it just kind of evolved very quickly, in fact, that just one-on-one -on -one with customers, um, so horses are my expertise, but I can have a good conversation with a customer. It led to so much more. So I'd imagine even in that ag environment, I mean, you know, you walk into your typical ag store these days and there is so much stuff that is pet oriented, livestock oriented. I mean, animal medicine, even, even, you know, care and well-being. I'd imagine that kind of having that kind of knowledge helps you just in a day-to-day -day basis dealing with the customers as well. Is that the case? Do you see? Yes, yes. So probably a third of our store is still dedicated to pet and livestock. Um, but we still have like a strong lawn and garden department. And that has some crossover between my egg background and helping someone with their lawn or pasture. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, outside of just kind of having the, the, the product knowledge and the background knowledge to help customers, when you came into the store, you guys kind of set out to do a lot of things just to improve the business side. And, and obviously, the, reading what you did in your, uh, from your Young Retailer of the Year Award nomination and so on, you guys made a lot of big strides with the business. And is business part of your background? Do you just kind of have a knack for, you know, maybe this will work or maybe that'll work or, or, I mean, cause, cause animal science and businesses don't seem like they're really <laughs> related areas of study. So I, when you first came in, where, where did that business kind of acumen kick in and what did you guys decide to do in the business that, that, that did take it to kind of another level? So I guess, um, I just pay more attention to the details. I guess that's how my thought process goes. So I'm sitting there my first couple years that I was there and I was just watching, seeing that there were dead areas and areas where there was a lot of traffic, but so if you have one aisle that has tons of traffic and one aisle that has absolutely no traffic on it, how can we make that adjustment? So, I mean, I, I it was just kind of a knack, I think. I yeah, mean, just I, kind of being observant, really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it just started slowly and kind of blossomed from there. And and one of the first things you guys kind of did, or, or what you a path you continued down when you when you when you took over managing the business was expanding into new areas. Tell you know was that kind of part of that observational process of seeing hey, maybe there's opportunity in hardware or, or, or I'm getting a lot of feedback from customers. Where did, where did you even identify that as, as a growth opportunity? We were just really watching um, the requests that people came in with. I mean, we obviously we were seeing the economy change in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, <clears throat> and when the recession kind of hit, we noticed that we saw some decreases in hobby farmers in the area, but the population in the town continued to grow. Um, a lot of new housing, so we were getting the constant, do you have light bulbs? Okay. Do you have extension cords? So it kind of, well, I got asked for extension cords 15 times this week, maybe we should have extension cords. Yes. So it kind of, while we were trying to complement our very ranch and pet store that we were running, um, 
the requests just cont continued to go outside of that box. What, what, as you began adding that, what was kind of the, the financial impact to the business? Did you guys kind of immediately see results from adding those or did it take time to kind of grow? There was almost immediate results with that. Um, so in our town, there was one other hardware store and he had pretty consistent traffic in that area, um, but we're located in a different area of the town, um, more located right along the major highway of our town. Um, and I think that we were just people's first stop okay. along the highway. So um, it didn't take long to kind of see people gravitating in that direction then. Yeah. Yeah. Just the requests alone were, I mean, the amount of requests that we had for other things, it just made it pretty clear that that was a good path to follow. Um, our hardware supplier, we work with United Hardware as a distributor. Um, they have a feasibility study. Okay. And we ran the feasibility study for our town a, a couple times. Um, and we just continued to see that a majority of our population was going outside of town for a lot of hardware categories. Um, so we tried to, in the beginning, we tried to just pick a few different areas where we saw some higher potential dollars um, and just headed in those directions first. So kind of baby steps, but it seemed to rapidly grow. Yeah. And, and, and now, do you guys have um, big boxes nearby or Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards or anything in your area that you compete against? Or are you kind of a little bit insulated from that? We're kind of insulated. We have some natural barriers around us. Okay. So we're right along the river here. Um, and while we have a fleet farm 14 miles from us, it's on the other side of the river. So there's some, <laughs> that seems like some traffic you... flows that that change some things. It seems that gives you a bit of an opportunity then for a little bit of experimentation with your mix. Are there any categories that you guys, um, you know, are, are, are looking at now or, or what do you hear? I mean, how has the community responded to the growth you guys have done in terms of what you offer through the business? It's been really positive. Um, we try to, with the amount of space that we have, um, we try to have a little bit of everything. We kind of run into that issue of you can't have everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'd love to. Um, we've run into things like even lumber the requests for lumber we see it on a daily basis here we just don't have the facility for it are, are there any kind of localized niches that you guys are involved in that are kind of just something that's unique to your customers or maybe unique that you guys maybe added that you maybe uh wouldn't be typical that you'd find in a store like yours so we continue to um really focus back on the hobby farmers a lot. Okay. Um, just keeping in mind that we are still part of the farmers co-op. We still um, sell pallets of horse feed and um, pallets of livestock feed out our doors on a daily basis. So um, we offer delivery service along with that, but we can also, the same guy who delivers a pallet of horse feed might throw a grill on his truck the next time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, sure. It works both ways, and that's a really positive thing for us. Now, talking about the community a little bit, you guys are, and you personally are involved kind of in the community 
in a number of ways. And, and one of those ways that you, that you, you kind of started getting involved in, it seems like it also, like what you did with the store, grew, was your involvement with the local Chamber of Commerce. Maybe talk us through a little bit about why you got involved with the Chamber and then going up to actually get involved in leadership and leading the Chamber. Tell us a little bit about what that decision was to do that, what you think you guys got out of that. Sure, sure. So our town is kind of spread out a little bit. I'd say I'm out, I'm outside of the downtown area. Um, not, a lot other, not a lot of other retail businesses around my store. So I kind of felt a little bit out of the loop. Um, and by joining, well, we've been a member of Chambers since the beginning of the store and prior to that even, um, but we hadn't been actively involved. So by joining... <laughs> Must be something going on down here. So, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Hey, Kevin, do you want me to just ask the question again, or do you want her to just pick up with her answer? All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> so we have been involved with Chamber since before the store opened, um, but we weren't really actively involved. We didn't have anybody sitting on the board or um, attending meetings regularly. And I just kind of felt a little bit separated from some of the other businesses in town. I didn't know if they understood our business model or um, understood what even what a farmer's cooperative is. So that was kind of the first step was to join or to start attending chamber meetings and networking with the other businesses in town. And that was, that's been really positive. Um, just creating relationships with other businesses, making sure they understand um, what kind of promotions as a group we can do that would benefit us all. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but you went a little bit deeper and you were leading the chamber for a while. Now that's a, I'm sure you have a lot, a lot of stuff uh, that you do in and around the store and, and outside of that. What, I mean, you dove in with both feet. You didn't, uh, you didn't just <laughs> say, uh, let's get involved in the chamber. You decided you wanted to, to kind of lead the charge at the chamber. What, I mean, uh, uh, what, promoted or prompted that decision um and, and and again do you think that's just kind of part of your desire to give back or get more out of the chamber or is it kind of a two-way street no i feel like everyone should everyone that's involved with the chamber should at some point be in charge of the leadership to understand how some businesses are maybe struggling and some businesses um feel like they're not being heard. So I think as being a leader, a leader of the chamber, you kind of get a better understanding of what's truly happening in the business community of your town. Um, and it really gives you more insight as to how we can all work together as a group and really help each other in so many ways. Well, and, and speaking of kind of helping the, the, the local community, you guys are also involved in another endeavor called the Legacy Hero Hunt. And and tell us a little bit about what that is and how it came to be and what you guys do with that. Sure, sure. So since 2009, the, the Legacy Hero Hunt has been around. Um, it had some previous names, um, but basically it's a nonprofit organization that once a year hosts an event for veterans or returning soldiers to kind of get together um, at a local sportsman's club and spend the day out in the fields, um, just around each other and um, creating relationships and camaraderie between servicemen and women and just 
enjoying themselves. Um, just an amazing day outdoors, just having fun, just our way of saying thank you for your service. Um, it's just an amazing organization. Boy, that's fantastic. And, 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 you know, I always like to point out when we're having these conversations is, you know, what you were talking about with the chamber and what you guys would do with the legacy hero hunt and so on. Those are so, 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 uh, such great illustrations of what small businesses do for the communities they're involved in. And it's not that large corporations don't do those kind of things, but they're the degree of, of, of connect connection that a small business has directly with their community and, and supporting what, like you guys do through the chamber, supporting the other businesses in the community, but then finding ways to tailor programs to support, uh, individuals within your community just shows how connected small businesses are and what an important part of the communities they serve are. So, so w when you found out about young retailer of the year, kind of what was, what was your first reaction? I mean, what, what, what did you think? Did you, I mean, were you surprised? Were you, uh, uh, what, what, what was the <laughs> reaction? I mean, you, you know, it's not like anybody does this to get awards, but it sure is nice when it happens. <laughs> Yeah, I was definitely surprised. Definitely, um, I kind of speechless. I, yeah. I mean, this is definitely outside of my normal. <laughs> they even said to me, "Oh, you should get your picture taken," and I'm like, "Someone needs to come take my picture." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't think necessarily running a, a farm and ag store that you're going to have to be a, a be taking pictures for a magazine any day, but you know, it, it yeah. happens. So, yeah. so I mean, again, congratulations. What's up, what's kind of next on your list of what you, what you want to do personally or what, what you want to do with the, with the business there or in the community? What, what, what do you have on your, on your list as, as to do's next? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2018, we had merged, we, we previously were Genesis co-op and we merged with another farmers co-op in 2018. It's so not that long ago. Um, and we're still feel, we're kind of getting our ducks in a group still. Yeah. Um, and we've got five other farm like stores. Okay. Um, across Southern Minnesota, similar to where we started previous to this retail store in Belle Plaine. So it's, we're going to see, if there's any possibility for growing some business in those smaller communities and just kind of like the feasibility study, let's go, let's go in and see if we're not here to compete with other businesses in town. We're looking to see if there's some gaps in the offerings of these towns. Sure. What you, if there's opportunities to fill them well, I, I, I'd imagine that they will look at what you've done as kind of a roadmap of what could be done in, in communities where opportunity presents itself because, because I would encourage everybody to, to uh, make sure they look um, uh, for the article when it comes in, in hardware retailing magazine and, and, and to learn more, you know, kind of about what you've done with the business because, because the growth you guys have seen has been really impressive and, and, and you couple that with what you do personally in the community and with what your business does to, to support folks in the community. And, it, and it's really easy to see why you were uh, selected as one of this year's award winners. I, I want to thank you again for, for being on the program and congratulate you one last time for, for winning. Well, I don't want to say one last time because we're going <laughs> to, we're going to hear and see from you over the next couple of months as we continue to, uh, to kind of honor the young retailers of the year. And, and you will be uh, with the other winners uh, featured in the uh, hardware retailing magazine. And we will have a, 
a uh, an awards presentation where we try and pay pay our respects and due to to you guys for winning. So so Lindsay, thanks so much for for being on the program and thanks for sharing your story with us. And again, congratulations for what you have done and what you will surely continue to do in your career in the industry. And I'm glad I'm glad you decided to come into the industry and bring your bring all your knowledge, animal health and business wise, into the industry. Well, thank you, Dan. <laughs>